Welcome back to the Georgia Sports Network. I am your host, John Gresham, and today we are talking about Atlanta's collapse and loss at home to the Washington football team. <sighs> Bad loss, one and three. Let's get my immediate reactions. Let's get to it. All right, so to start off, um, right at the beginning, right in the first half, uh, we lose our punter and our corner in the first half. We lose uh, Nizilak, I think is how you say his name. Nizilak, Nizilak, I don't know. Um, so we lose him and we lose uh, Isaiah Oliver to injuries right, right, um, right in the first half. So, and then, I mean, Nizilak got hurt, I think. Uh, on the second kickoff of the game. So, I mean, we, we lost, uh, and then Nizilak, while, you know, may, he's a punter, does not necessarily seem like, you know, too big of a loss um, to anybody who knows anything about football. You know that the punter is huge for field position, and especially when you have an offense like ours where it's inconsistent and you're going to get a lot, a few, at least three and outs in a game. It doesn't matter – how bad of a defense we're playing. You're going to get some three and outs from this team because, uh, I mean, you're going to have to punt. Screw a three and out. You're going to have to punt, period, um, with this team, with this offense. It just has not figured itself out yet. Um, and we'll get to that in a minute. But so, you know, losing him right, right at the first half, right at the beginning of the game, you know, was, was huge. I mean, we, again, like I said, we, we lose the field position battle. Um, from the beginning and then of course losing um, Isaiah Oliver uh, carted off the field in the first half with a knee injury never returned so obviously you don't want to see anything like that you never want to see a player carted off uh, let alone someone like Isaiah Oliver someone that we value um, a lot in this franchise right now so not not a good start to this game with with the injuries um, it, the first half left a lot to be desired, um, from both teams, really. I mean, the defense for our defense seemed to play okay, except for like the end of the first half. Um, but offensively, man, we were just, just boring. There was no communication. There was no, again, we, and we've talked about this almost every week. There's no communication and there's no cohesiveness. There's no, like, you start to like, you start to question why are we running this play at this time, um, and why are we not not running? You know, why are we not giving this person the ball more? And like, don't get me wrong, Cordero Patterson had a good game, and we got him the ball quite a bit, but he is clearly our entire offense. <laughs> I mean, he just it it would seem that way, right? Um, why did we see so much of Wayne Coleman? Why? Six carries for 29 yards. He wasn't producing. Stop handing him the ball. Mike Davis, 13 carries for 14 yards. He had one more yard than he had carries. Why are we handing him the ball? Now, I will say, Mike Davis did have the one catch where he, he trucked over like four or five defenders and got in the end zone. Now, I, I get it. You're not, you're not going to get that every play. But 
when you're talking about 13 carries, 14, his longest was eight yards. So eight yards is accounted from one of those carries. I'm not saying you don't hand Mike Davis the ball at all, but Cordero Patterson had six carries for 34 yards. Now, one of his longest was 13 yards, but you're still talking six. Let's see. So that's six carries for what, 21 yards? That's almost an average. That's over an average of three yards a carry. That's not bad. Wayne Gallman, I get it. Six for 29. Again, one of his carries, 13 yards. I'm not saying you don't hand these backs the ball, but Wayne Gallman, you know, honestly, Wayne Gallman, six carries, 29. I could deal with that. But Mike Davis needs to get six carries for 14 yards, not 13 carries. And, and I don't know if Mike Davis is supposed to be RB1. And, and that's fine. If that's what you want, I get it. But that's not what's working right now. Cordero Patterson scored three touchdowns in the game, or four. Yeah, three, three touchdowns. So why not get him the ball as often and as early as possible? Um, I just don't I don't get the theory in trotting Mike Davis out there 13 times for him to get 14 yards. It doesn't make sense. So again, offensively in the first half, the same, I mean, and much of the same in the second half. The, the cohesiveness was just not there. Now, now a little, we opened it up a little bit more in the second half. You saw Calvin Ridley get some catches in the second half. Uh, Kyle Pitts got some catches finally in the second half. I think he had one in the first half, if that. Um, so, and, and that's what I mean. Like, when you know Cordero Patterson is your offense, get him the ball. When you know that you have Ridley and Pitts, you've got to get them the ball. Now, I'm going to get on to Ridley in a second. Because there were some there were some major plays for him, but I'm, we're gonna have a talk about Calvin Ridley. We're gonna have a talk, Falcons fans. Um, but I just I don't understand the the Mike Davis one is the one that ticks me off because I and I like Mike Davis. He's a great running back. I think well he's a good running back, and I like what he brings to the table here, especially now that Cordero Patterson is is showing himself as as I, I'm, I'm going to call it right now. He might be the top running back in fantasy by the end of the year. If they continue to get them the ball, like, I mean, more than they're doing um, the way they're doing it is create. I like the way they're doing it. They're getting him in the outside. They're getting him in the backfield. They're getting him um, involved deep. I mean, he blew the top off the defense. Uh, I think that, Oh, that was the first touchdown was, was blowing the top off the defense for Cordero Patterson. So, they're getting Cordero Patterson the ball in multiple different ways, but I think they could get it to him more in all those different ways. Um, why, you know, run, run a couple screens on the outside, throw him, throw him a screen and, and let Hurst and McGarry get out there and, and block somebody. Um, so, you know, it, there, there are just things that I think they could be doing to get Cordero Patterson the ball more. Um, and obviously get Ridley and Pitts the ball more. And that's something we've been asking for for all season, basically, um, especially for Pitts. Um, so, again, you know, I, I, I just – as far as the first half goes, the offense you saw um, just not a lot of creativity, not a lot of um, cohesiveness, and not a lot of communication. You know, not seemingly not a lot of communication. So. Um, defensively um not bad in the uh in the first half 
you um you know i the the first half uh score i believe let me check the box score or i'm sorry not the box score the uh is it the play-by-play i think i'm trying to figure it. oh yeah yeah play-by-play so um you know in the first the first half uh, i believe it was it ended 10 to 7 um or maybe maybe 13 to 10 yeah yeah it was 13 it was it was 13 to 13 to 17 that's right i forgot we scored at the right before the end of the half so um defensively you had a pretty decent game um you gave up two touchdowns but it you're you your deep like to me the defense was playing okay especially considering the fact that I believe they didn't even score their first touchdown until after we lost um, Isaiah Oliver. So, and then they started beating up on TJ Green. TJ Green, my God, man. Oh, TJ Green. He had a couple of decent plays there at the end of the game when it, you know, came down to trying to win. But in the in the first half and and then and early in the second half, he got burned a couple times, um, missed a couple tackles. I mean, just did not have a good day and. I mean, he didn't, I'm not going to put the game on him. There was a lot that was wrong with this game for us. Um, but, you know, it, it, it wasn't – it didn't help, <laughs> that's for sure. Um, so getting into the second half, um, the offenses uh, started to come a, a little bit more alive, at least to me. It seemed like they, um, they had a bit more rhythm, both offenses, honestly. Um, you know, we we st- that was when we started getting Kyle Pitts and Calvin Ridley the ball, and I don't understand why. I, maybe that's part of the game plan is to involve other players um, and get them involved early, and then hit Pitts and and Ridley later on in the game. But I don't that. I don't see who we're, who we're getting at. I mean, unless you're trying to use Cordero Patterson, but I, to me, you need to be getting Ridley and Pitts the ball early on in the first half and then continuing to get the ball, get them the ball through the second half. Now for Ridley, look, I'm going to be honest with you. And this is just my two cents on, on the whole, on the whole deal. I don't think Calvin Ridley is a number one receiver. Now I'm not saying we trade him away get rid of him or do something, anything crazy like that. I just think we have to get somebody else or maybe Kyle Pitts will be the number one receiver. Maybe, maybe it'll be Kyle Pitts, you know, will be our Travis Kelsey or our, um, what Kyle Rudolph was in Minnesota. Um, so it, I mean, if that, if that's what we're going to go with, then I think that would work out with Kyle Pitts being the primary receiver and Ridley being the secondary receiver, but that's how it's going to have to be. Ridley is not the primary receiver. There were two catches in the third quarter. One of them, albeit it was in, I believe, double, maybe even triple coverage, and he took a pretty good hit. But, I mean, you know who does make that catch? Maybe not, not, maybe not now because, I mean – He's kind of banged up, but who used to make those catches, who was a number one receiver, Julio Jones. Now, again, I'm not hating on Calvin Ridley. I love Calvin Ridley, and I want to hold on to him. But he belongs – he's a number two. He, I think, is better suited as a number two. Um, 
So we'll we'll see we'll see what happens with that. Again, like I said, we've we've got Kyle Pitts, so maybe Kyle Pitts is going to be the number one. But I, I just I wanted we all want to see more out of Calvin Ridley, of course. Um, but it just I don't think we're gonna. I think those two balls in particular, those two catches that he missed, I think in particular proved that he was not is not a number one receiver so um and and that's unfortunate but i mean it is what it is you deal with it and now we need to go get somebody who is a number one receiver somebody who can go up and get the ball um because you have to have that player matt ryan has to have that player now that's something else you can do go get another quarterback too i'm not opposed to that because matt ryan made some awful awful decision now his stat line is not bad um you know he 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 had a pretty decent game but the one thing i want you to pay attention to is the 25 for 42 um he went 283 yards which is eh, that's mediocre four touchdowns which is pretty nice but the 25 for 42 there was one if you didn't watch the game we're lucky we didn't lose by more um because he threw, I, I don't know. There were a couple times, not just this one, but this one in particular. He was going down for a sack and probably should have just taken the sack. But even after he didn't, he had a chance to throw the ball away. And instead, heaves the ball from basically his knee, actually really from his knee because come to find out his knee had touched. Um, now, he was, he was roughed on it. It was rough in the passer, technically. Now, if you can't see me, I'm doing quotation marks, but he was roughed. Um, you know, and whether that was a penalty or not, I don't know. I mean, I there was a pass interference, I think, that was called on. Yeah, there was a pass interference that was called on us later, and I think that may have been payback for for that uh, um, for that roughing the passer call. So I I don't know, but either way, he probably should have thrown it away, and instead heaves it up and gets intercepted. Again, luckily, he was roughed on the play, so the ball comes back and everything. But Matt Ryan had some really bad decisions in this game. There were a couple times. uh, There was one early on in the game where Calvin Ridley was coming in on a slant. Now, I get it. Matt Ryan's a timing quarterback. He's one of those guys that, you know, he needs his player to be right where he's supposed to be running his route. He needs route runners. Um, But there was a guy – or. Ridley was really was hitting a slant and the corner was all over him and he still still threw it right at Ridley didn't hit his check downs and, and I mean I get it you know slant plays typically are timing routes you're just hitting the slant but he, great quarterbacks Tom Brady's they check down they check down when that slant's not there they check down when the fade's not there they check down when the post is not there they check down because they know it's better to pick up two yards than to throw the ball away or take a sack. So, and, and not only that, it's better to give your other, someone else who has way more athletic skill than you typically, um, unless you're like Justin Fields, but running back wise, that running back has more talent than you. That's typically your check down running back or a tight end. Those guys typically are more athletic than you and have more power or more agility to evade tackles. And you never know what can happen. You never know what can happen. So I just, 
you know, again, the bad, the bad decisions, you know, those, those are going to cost us in the game too. So, I mean, again, we've piled up what's costing us in the game, uh, the punter, the field position, um, losing Isaiah Oliver early on in the game. Um, that, and then they, of course, they took that and beat up TJ green. Then, um, then um, what was the next one? Oh, Matt Ryan, the indecision, the bad decisions. Um, and then defensively, I mean, <laughs> Taylor Heineke just posted 34 points. He went 23 for 33, 290 yards, and three touchdowns. Okay. You can't let Tyler Heineke do that. That's that's a that's a you know, I mean, don't get me wrong, it's not a great game, but you know what it is? It's 127.1 QB rating. That's what it is. You get you let defense, you let Taylor Heineke, okay, the man played for some wing hawks or some crap in the XFL or in, I mean, not XFL, the, the, the Canadian Football League maybe, or maybe it was the XFL, I don't know. Y'all let him throw for 290 yards and three touchdowns? Come on now. How in the world do we let this happen? I mean, Terry McLaurin, I mean, thank God, because I had him in my fantasy league, and I knew, I knew to play him. I mean, I didn't know it was going to be as bad as it was. I was hoping for like 17, 18 points, you know, keep it. And just Terry, I had Antonio get some playing, but I didn't need him to, to do well, just eight points. That's all I wanted. No, oh, scary Terry's got to go off, 30 points. The man had... Six receptions, 123 yards, and two touchdowns with Taylor Heineke. I mean, I just – 127one rating. I mean, that's you're, – you're less – you're almost – you're what, 30, 20, 30? 30 points away from a perfect rating, 158.3, right? Perfect rating. I mean, uh, again, the defense, man. And I get it. You know, we lost Isaiah Oliver early on in the um, early on in the in the game. And AJ Terrell didn't play well. They beat up TJ Green. Um, I, I mean, in all honesty, uh, the only good defensive players were Foye Luogon. Um, Taylor, I mean, not Taylor, Foye Lugon, uh, and Grady Jarrett. That was it. Um, Deion Jones had a decent game, uh, 11 tackles, one tackle for a loss. Um, Dante Fowler had a pretty decent game, three tackles. He had two tackles for loss. I think he had, did he have a sack? I can't remember. No, he didn't have a sack. Um, Foye Lugon did, did have a sack, and that, you know, uh, one sack, I I didn't see enough pressure. I did not see enough pressure. I saw a lot of four and five man um, pressure. And then on top of that, we would bring a four to five man pressure, and then we wouldn't spy Taylor Heineke because we just let him go for, let's see, 
five carries, 43 yards, with a long of 20. And I remember that one. He almost scored. So I don't understand the defensive game plan. I don't understand the offensive game plan. I mean, this team looks confused, and yet we still compete. We beat the Giants. We almost – we should have beat Washington. And yet we look lost and confused offensively and defensively. Now, albeit we got blown out first first game of the season by Philadelphia, but after that we played pretty well against Philadelphia, gave it up in the third and fourth quarter. But we're still competing with seemingly good teams. Now, Washington, they would be good if they probably had uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick. I think, well, I don't know. Depends on if you get Fitzpatrick or Fitzmagic. But I, I don't understand it. I don't, I don't get how you lose to this team at home. I mean, and I hate to say it too, but damn Falcons fans. I mean, Washington – on that play where they called uh, Chase Young for roughing the passer, I heard more boos than I heard cheers. Now, that could be because maybe our fan base is, I don't know, honest with the game. But they, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe our fans didn't like the call because they thought it was stupid. But I mean, hell, it went from. Matt Ryan just threw an interception on fourth down. Oh, actually, he his knee was down, so now the interception is basically not even going to be a punt, which is what it was essentially for us. And then it, w- it went from all of that to, oh, never mind, you have the ball. Here's an extra 15-yard penalty. Oh, and the 15-yard penalty is from the spot of the original – or the original spot of the ball, not from where uh, uh, Matt Ryan was downed by technical sack. So – it was a complete reversal in the complete other direction. So I can't imagine our fans were booing. I'm assuming it was Washington fans. If you don't believe me, go back and watch the tape. It's there. There were a lot of boos. A lot. And, I mean, I have to wonder why we have so many people cheering for Washington football team in Atlanta's stadium. What does that say about us? So – and I'm not saying that we can really influence a team to not go one and three. But why? I mean, it's what what do we do? And I, I get it. Maybe it's because we suck. I don't I, I mean, because we do right now. I don't really remember what the first game was like. In fact, I think that one was in Philadelphia. I'm not even I don't, I don't even remember. Um, no, it wasn't. But I don't remember what that game was like as far as the crowd was. Um, Tampa Bay, of course, was at Tampa Bay, so was New York. So, I, I don't know. I, I thought maybe at least coming off the W from New York, you know, we might, might have some people show up and might, you know, have, um, you know, have some good fans. But uh, it's just, I, all right. So, I, the 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 one thing I'm going to leave everybody with, and this is something that I. This is something that has to get fixed. I mean, plain and simply. Your highest rushers for all four games. Cordero Patterson, first game, 54 yards. Mike Davis, second game, 38 yards. Mike Davis, third game, 50 yards. 
Cordero Patterson uh, against Washington, 34 yards. We don't have a leading rusher. We have a leading we have a leading athlete on offense, and that's Cordero Patterson, and we have to get him the ball. But we have no leading back. We have no real running game, not truly. The only reason that I think our running game works as well as it does with Cordero Patterson is because he is so massive. It's like taking down Derrick Henry. Um, and I mean, Hey, great way to use them, but I, man, it was just, it was a rough game. We blew a lead. Um, and they missed, they missed, I want to say three, two extra points of one field goal. I do believe. So it's just not a good day, not a good day, but you know what? If you're listening to this podcast, I hope you are a Georgia fan as well. I hope you're maybe a tech fan, unfortunately, but um, but hopefully you're you're a fan of some of these other teams who are actually doing really well. Uh, of course, we got Georgia just one Saturday against number eight Arkansas, thirty-seven nothing. That was a big game, uh, and then the Braves, of course, clinched the NL East. Uh, they'll be heading to the playoffs these last. That's why I really haven't talked about the Braves too much. Uh, I, I kind of missed the podcast where we would be able to talk about the Braves um, without being too far. I, I don't like to talk about things that kind of happened um, a little ways back, and, and I would have already recorded a podcast about that. So I try to focus on the things that are meant to be focused on at that time. Um, but don't worry. We'll be coming out with an episode tomorrow or the next day that should be talking about the Braves and their uh, – <laughs> they're soon to soon to be trip into the playoffs. Um, but of course they, they played really well against the Phillies. That was a really, really good series. And what a hell of a way to go into um, the playoffs. You end it with, of course, um, of course, beating Philadelphia to get into, or I mean, not even to get into the playoffs, but to win the NL East. Um, and then on top of that, you go into a Met series that really doesn't mean anything to you. You have, I mean, the, the lineup on the on night one. Um, matter of fact, I'm going to go through it. The lineup for night one was Jock Peterson. Okay, Ariad, Eric. I always have so trouble 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 with his name. He even fucks up other words. Ari Adrianza, Ozzy Albies, Austin Riley, Eddie Rosario, Orlando Garcia. Guillermo Heredia, William Contreras. Okay, so some guys that, you know, you see typically, but no Freddie Freeman, no Jorge Soler, um, no Dansby. Uh, so I, some obvious guys um, missing. And then <clears throat> um, even the next night, you had some guys back, but you had, again, some guys missing. Jock Peterson still there. Orlando Garcia, Freddie Freeman, Danzy Swanson come back for this game. Eddie Rosario, Ari Adrianza, Guillermo Radio, William Contreras. So, again, just resting the whole team, which is smart because, again, you just beat the Phillies. So you go into this Mets series, you rest these guys because it's the last three games of the year. And it doesn't give you, to me, it doesn't give you too long of a break to where when you walk into game one against the Brewers, you're like, oh, man, feels like weeks since I played baseball. But not only that, you end up winning the Mets series. You beat them 2-1. So you're coming off of a 
let's see, three, six, right? Yeah, five in one stretch. Um, on top of, actually, technically, you're coming off of a, what, seven and two stretch? Yeah, seven and two stretch because you just beat the Padres in the series before this, too. Um, to include the Diamondback series you have before that where you won that. And that was a four-game series. So now you're talking, you go seven and two. Now you're talking, you went 10 and three. So the Braves are coming in hot for the playoffs and everyone should be real excited about it. You can say what you want. You think, you think the Brewers are going to win. That's fine. Well, I, I doubt anybody listening to this thinks the Brewers are going to win, but there's plenty of people that have the Brewers picked over the Braves. That's okay. You're going to find out. As long as we can, as long as Will Smith can close the game, we'll be all right. <laughs> um, but outside of that, so we'll we'll be back uh, later on this week talking about uh, previewing this coming up weekend. And I think again, we'll probably be coming on. Uh, hopefully, I'll get Wes back on um, in a couple of days and kind of talk about everything that happened this weekend, to include the Braves. Uh, talk a little bit more in depth. Get some player ratings for the Falcons game. Give you your top five players, bottom five players for. Georgia, Georgia Tech, and Atlanta, and then, again, get back on the Brave, get back on Atlanta United, who is, um, again, still still pursuing that pursuing that playoff spot. Um, so we'll be back, and we'll, um, we'll see you then. Peace.